Wow, 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 wow. It's the OP Radio Podcast, folks. My name is Matt Farah. I host the Smoking Tire Podcast, where we talk about cars and other guy stuff. And I have been a fan of OP Hughes for 18 years. I got Sirius XM and started listening to those guys back in 2001. And when they went off the air last year, oh, I had nothing to listen to. But now he's back. The OP Radio Podcast. No FCC. No upstairs suits, no problem. Just Opie and the boys, Carl Ruiz, Vic Henley, Sherrod Small. I don't know about you guys, but I thought the last version of that show before Opie got fired was some of the best radio I've ever heard, and I am stoked it's back and that Opie asked me to do this intro. I get to be on the show. Yes! On this episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, I'm going to set the scene for you. Opie and Vic Henley are headed out of town to hang out with the guys from the band The Record Company. You know The Record Company. They're like every other band that Opie listens to. They sound like they're out of the 70s, but they're from today. And I'm picturing Opie driving east, because I always picture Opie driving east, in a 2014 Cadillac Escalade in black. I think he got it with that serious money back when it was heavy hitting dollars. And the good news is, Consumer Reports says the Escalade is one of just a few cars likely to make it to 200,000 miles, which is going to be good for Opie, because that's how many miles this thing's going to have by the time this podcast makes any money at all. So here it is, two of my favorite people, Opie and Vic Henley, in his old Escalade, going to see the record company. It's the Opie Radio Podcast. What's going on? It's time to podcast. I gotta, I gotta tell you guys, uh, this podcast has been so much fun to do so far, and today is no different. I'm in my car, and I'm on my way to Greenwich Village to talk to one of my favorite uh, newer bands. That would be the record company. These guys are so cool, have so many cool songs out. If you've never seen them live, do yourself a favor and do that. They're absolutely amazing. And they're really down-to-earth nice guys. Uh, What happened was I got a call from their people. They said, hey, man, the record company just found out that you're back, that you got a podcast, and they want to get on it immediately. They got a new album coming out, and they would love to talk to you. And I'm like, yes, of course. So I'll be down in the village in just a little bit. But I decided before I do that, I should pick up Vic Henley because he's a music guy. And over the last couple of years doing the radio show with Vic Henley, he always missed out when the record company came in. So I, I, came, I gave him a call. I said, Vic, you want to go uh, check out the record company with me? He said, absolutely. So I'm uh, parked on some side street waiting for Vic Henley. He just said, I'm coming out. Anyway, I want to thank you for subscribing to the podcast. It's really, really appreciated, and the feedback's been amazing. It's made me very, very happy. Westwood One, very happy with the podcast. The numbers are very, very good. It's going to be fun to talk to to Vic. He's never been in my car. Uh, The Cuban, Carl Ruiz, has been in this car a few times. Um, It's going to be a pleasure to be in a car with someone that doesn't have to stop every mile or two to have a cigarette. Vic! I look like a fool. I'm in my car with a giant microphone screaming to you. Yes, exactly. You look like a total perverted person. Why would I be a perverted person with this big microphone? Because you're trying to lure little children into your car, I'm assuming. (laughs) But it's funny, my neighbor, I got a brand new neighbor, just moved in my building. Guess what his son's name is? 
Same as yours. Oh, really? <laughs> Same as yours, yes. I, we thought that, you know, my son's no. name was uh, kind of an original name, but it turns out if you pick a New York City type of name, you're going to you're gonna run into a lot of kids with the same name. It was just really cool, though, because he just moved in. I don't talk to anybody in all three buildings. And I'm like, hey, I'm your neighbor if you need me. I guess ask me for something. <laughs> but other than that, kind of leave me the fuck alone. It's basically, and the kid's like three years old. He was really adorable, but it was really funny. And you're right, it was a New York City moment. But begrudgingly, you were like, oh, God, if you need anything, let me know. Well, I'm a good neighbor. I tell you, I go, I go, I'm a good neighbor, but I'm an absent neighbor. I'm not around right. that much. Right. Don't ask if you, you know, all my email, all my information is available. Yeah. Uh, if you smell weed, yes, it's me. <laughs> Don't call the cops. Don't call the super. It's just me. We can work this out, okay? Relax. It's almost legal in New York City. Let's calm down. It's not 1978 anymore. But I've been telling them for everybody that I meet down through the years, I'm like, look, if you really need something, I will help you. But... Don't ask me for too much. How long have you been in that building? 22 years. How many people do you honestly know uh, past just saying hi and, wow, it's a nice day outside? Well, there's 30 people in three buildings joined together. So it's it's uh, two apartments on each floor, three buildings, five floors, 30 people. Uh, five or six people. I know my neighbor. She's wonderful. She lives right next door to me. She's absolutely amazing. She doesn't cook that Indian food, does she? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. But she is, you know, she is a really good cook. She raised two kids by herself. She's a professor at Barnard. And so, but for 22 years living here, it is really fun at random moments to walk in there and I'm like, ooh, Kathleen's cooking something good. <laughs> My, my friend lived in Framingham, Massachusetts, and uh, there was a lady that cooked Indian food, and it would just smell up the entire floor. Now, I like Indian food, but that stuff will, will smell long after uh, you're done cooking and eating it. Well, hers is mainly, yeah, it's not that. It's totally, it's fried chicken, and nice. I mean, she, does, her, she, she was married to a Canadian dude, and you know, Thanksgiving in Canada is a month before us. Yeah. It's in October instead of November. And I used to, she used to make me play every year. Every year when they were married before she caught him. <laughs> no, she. I came home one day and his shit was in the hallway. She wasn't playing. Not at all. And begrudgingly told me the whole story, but I saw his shit sitting. I'm like, oh, something's going on. Oh, it's going down. <laughs> Not as good as above me where... Uh, 20 years ago, the person who lived above me, he was the back half of Mr. Snuffleupagus on Sesame Street. For real? Yes. It takes two people to work. Yeah, yeah yes. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And he was cheating on his wife, and I found out like five years later, the dude in the front part of the suit was also cheating on his wife. So they were in the costume together, <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Can I break this down, though? <laughs> I got to break this down. If you're playing the the ass part... Right? I guess. I don't think you should be cheating on, on anything. Well, you know, that's me with you. I'm playing the ass part. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, do you have neighbors that leave stuff in the hallway? No. No, they're really pretty good. You know, they let them, you put baby strollers in there, that's allowed because you don't want to be dragging that up and down. But no, they're really, you, you can't even, they told us about a year ago, you can't even have a placemat anymore. It's a fire hazard. Oh. Somebody might trip over it. Right. No, I had to move my shit indoors. No kidding. They get completely out of control with these buildings. It's, it gets ridiculous. But I have a neighbor, 
And I'm a, I, I am a very good neighbor, especially because I have kids and I want, I want my kids to play with other kids in the building because it's convenient. And my neighbor had a, a little girl that's the same age as my son. And we're like, ooh, this is going to be great. You know, he could knock on the door. They could play a little bit. It would be, you know, get him out of our hair for a little bit. Uh, she turned out to be not a nice person. <laughs> she turned out to be extremely OCD, I think, because she would complain to the building every time we left something outside our apartment in the hallway. And I'm talking stupid stuff. Umbrellas. Right. Uh, shoes, maybe gloves and hats in the winter, maybe an occasional scooter from one of my kids, right? And she would complain every time, and I would have uh, security knocking on my door. You got to remove the stuff from the hallway. It's a fire hazard, like you were just saying. And I'm like, all right, who's the rat? And I have people in the building that really like us, and they finally told me who the rat was. It was this lady obsessively complaining about us. I don't even understand. I think, actually, you and I ran into her on the street one day, and you were very cordial. (laughs) Even because you knew all this, and you told me basically what you just said, but you were as sweet as you could be on the street. And when she walked away, you told me everything. Did I tell you the story of her kicking our stuff? No. All right, so... It was winter. We, we left all the kids' stuff out in the hallway. Gloves, hats, their boots, you know, let it dry out in the hallway. And all of a sudden we hear some commotion, and my wife looks through the peephole, and this lady, like a lunatic, is kicking our kids' stuff as hard as she can as she waits for the elevator. And, and then here's the other part of that. Then her little kid that we thought would be nice, you know, friends with my son, was following the mom's lead and kicking my kid's stuff. Well, you want to teach your children to be an asshole. <laughs> I guess I guess you just want to lead by example sometimes and be a giant dick and show, yeah, that's horrible. And then we, you know, obviously we caught her red-handed because we're looking through the peephole, so my wife opens up the door really fast and goes, what are you doing? And she goes, well, she now she's pleading innocence like she didn't do anything. And I'm like, uh, my wife's like, well, how did my kid's stuff you know, uh, uh, get thrown all over the place unless you were kicking it, which I know you were because I was watching through the peephole. (laughs) Well, you know, and what happened? She was nice to you on the street that day. So did she act embarrassed and feel bad? No, she was as stoic as they come, and she just denied, denied, denied. And I, I got right in her face. I'm like, don't fucking kick my kid's stuff anymore or we're gonna have a real problem. And the weird part is the the husband I, I get along with. I think I remember that part of the story yeah. too. I do remember that part of the story. But well, the shit didn't levitate and move itself. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's yeah. I, I'm glad I've never gotten any of that. I I, I kind of get the feeling that he wants to tell me, look, man. I can't, I can't, I can't control her. I, uh, you know, yeah, because he gives me these looks like, I've tried, bro. This is all you now, man. (laughs) Well, you know, then you got to be the bad guy, I guess, in the building. But we, uh, we lucked out and we found out that she's, um, they are, they're moving. Oh, nice. Well, that's even better. I think, I can't tell you how many people, not really, maybe only, since I've been living here in 20 years, only maybe seven or eight people have come and gone. You know, Mr. Snuffleupagus, and uh, he left. They, yeah, she sold the place. She moved to Chicago. But everybody else is pretty good, I think, as far as I know. So do you have one of those buildings where you leave on a stretcher? Yes. Uh, or I should say a gurney? Well, when we when I moved in here, yes, I've seen three people die. There was an old man living with his two sisters. They're all Irish. 
and they were like 85, 83, and 80. And they'd been living there for 45 years when I moved in. And he had a big black lab named uh, Luke. And uh, I used to see, no, Clancy, his name was Luke, and Clancy was the dog. And I would see him sitting out front all day long because you don't want to walk up five flights. Once you come down at 80 years old, you got to, you know. But they were they were paying like $70 a month <laughs> to live there when I moved in. It was still, you know, rent control. We hadn't gone co-op yet, and everybody was buying. And they were they had been living there for 45 years paying 70 bucks a month. That is, that is wild. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask. I'm listening to the GPS. I'm going down this crazy-ass hill, and I'm trying to podcast with Vic Henley. And you're turning on the 2nd Avenue right now. Are you going to take the FDR? Tell them where we're going. I, I told them. I set it up, but I could certainly say it again. Yeah, we're turning on 2nd Avenue. Uh, we're going down to the village to talk to the, the record company. I love those guys. I told you when we remember, we talked about this a little earlier, that... We were, this is where good things happen in the bathroom at Sirius. <laughs> this is where not bad things happen and careers and lives are altered. This is actually, hey, is there anybody who might, might not be aware of that I should be listening to? And the dude, we're all standing there at the urinal, and whoever it was, you know him. Um, it, was, it's, it's, it was Mark Goodman, one of the original MTV DJs. Oh, it was, right. Who lives in my neighborhood, and he's a really, really nice guy. I see him on the street a lot, and we've uh, we've kept in touch since my, uh, my demise. But he told us that day. He's like, dude, have you heard the record coming? And we were both like, no. And so, you know, oh, I, oh God bless Mark Goodman. I was instantly hooked, man. They're, they kind of have just such a cool groove to them. They got like uh, kind of a bluesy uh, thread, obviously. Very original. And uh, it's one of, those, one of those bands where you could just put the whole album on and just kind of hang, man. It's great. Well, that's what you want to do is back in the day, it was sequencing. It all comes together. You put it on, you go all the way through. So I did not get to, you went and saw him, I thought, or did you just talk to him? But I missed oh, no, him. I saw him. Yeah, I missed him. Yeah, I missed him. But I want to go see. I saw Blackberry Smoke. We've had some good music on the show. That was the band that I was supposed to see that I didn't go to the show, and I'm kicking myself to this day, Blackberry Smoke, because that's another one, a band I really, really enjoy. That was a Jim Florentine. Mr. Jim Florentine suggestion, yeah. and Greg Allman did a single with them, and uh, 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 "Free on the Wing" I think is the name of the song. I think you're right. I do think you're correct. It's a great song. Well, we've had Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, the record company, Blackberry Smoke. Uh, who else? I mean, it's really that's what I'm saying. I I haven't seen these guys, so I'm looking forward to bothering them with my musical geekness. <laughs> well, that's why I brought you along for the ride, man. Uh, this is so weird that we're we're actually podcasting and driving in Manhattan, but it's uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful day in New York City. What else was I going to tell? Oh, I have to tell you another thing about the record company. I'm not sure if you even know this, but we uh, we hit it off so well that they had a video they made for Rita Mae Young, which is an amazing. Oh, I saw that. You should. Yes, oh, absolutely. With the girl with the hula hoops. Yeah. So the story goes: the girl at the with the hula hoop. She's a hula hoop girl, and she made these videos that went viral. I mean, stupid viral. I'm talking 10, 20, 30 million views. And fast forward, I'm in good with the record company. That girl from the hula hoop videos, she turned out to be an Opie and Anthony fan, and she started doing special videos just for us. I remember I saw some of those with the paint in the hula hoop. Yes. Crazy good. Yes. Crazy good. Ridiculously sexy, this girl. I was going to say, very sexy, but artsy. 
right on the perfect line of not skanky <laughs> just just really sexy and cute and yeah and the whole hula hoop thing with the paint was amazing yeah yeah you you nailed that actually it wasn't it was just very sexy yes very uh, seductive but uh not going over the line which i kind of like i like that no it was perfect leave a little leave no. a little to the imagination it damn it <laughs> it was absolutely perfect so, so then uh the record company I don't know how they connected. I don't, I'm not sure because the record company has been cool to us, like I said. So I don't know if somehow they were turned on to the hula, hula hoop girl through our show or not. I don't know. She obviously had uh, quite the fan base, the hula hoop girl. So then they had this song, Rita Mae Young, which is awesome. If you've never heard it, you should check it out uh, after listening to this podcast. <laughs> and um, and uh, long story short, they got the hula hoop girl in it. It's just her as the song's playing. You don't even see the band. And then the record company goes, hey, man, uh, you know, we got this video for Rita Mae Young. We want you to release it on your personal YouTube channel. I'm like, what? That's nice. No, they were. I'm telling you, that was the good part about Sirius was roaming through those hallways and you bump into a Mark Goodman or somebody's got a recommendation or something. And 90% of the time, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, really, really good. Don't, don't hit this fan. Well, that's, I, I think I heard you. I was panicking there for a second. <laughs> Don't hit the van. Watch out for the Fox bus. <laughs> so we're approaching the 59th Street Bridge, so it's about to get ugly. Oh, yeah. Isn't Dangerfields around here? 61st and 1st. We're on 2nd. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We're still way up. Okay. Right. I call it the sadness. <laughs> Why the sadness? Because it's, it's... Rodney didn't even work there when he was alive. He lived upstairs and would walk down the street to 77th and... Catch a Rising Star 77. He walked 15, 16 blocks from his own club because his own club was so bizarrely odd. And it still is, and I worked there, but it's really the sound system in the front's been blown out for 30 years. So when they tell everybody you need to move into the showroom, all you get is Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> when they fix that, because they they don't fix anything. They don't. It's literally 1977. They have not turned one page. It's it's creepy in there and very very dark with those like uh, lamps those little I think they're little red lamps on every table little red candle lights they have their actual candles in the little red lamp oh. they have to have to they have still going only waiters no women have ever worked there ever uh, everything's painted black the carpet the bar the ceiling the wall everything's painted completely black except for the little red candles you're talking about and Chario's been working there. Uh, he's an old Greek man. That's the original Raider there, and he's 105 years old if he's a day. I swear to you, if you didn't know any better, you, you thought you were going to awake. And he tells, right, and it's just the things that used to go on in there. One of my favorite things used to do is totally gross, and they would just do it to scare people. Uh, Chario, the old dude, had a laptop, and he would unfold the laptop and open it up and leave it when you walked in the front door, and all he put was black porn with giant black men having sex with white women in the butt <laughs> and they would just leave it there so when the customers walked in they just enjoyed the bartenders and the other two or three waiters they enjoyed the shock value of just watching some family from Iowa walk in and look at this crazy nasty porn thing <laughs> is this real it's completely true they finally made them this went on for at least seven or eight years did anyone complain and finally they stopped it yes someone finally complained and then it was it was the weirdest thing ever and they were all just grinning and winking, winking and looking at each other what, what took them so long to complain about this so i don't know I, i'm not a regular that, that often but i'm telling you that's one of the funniest all the comics knew about it we were all talking 
hearing about it all over the city. Even when some of us didn't work there, they're like, you got to at least do two spots a week just to walk in there and watch Chario scare the people with the black porn. <laughs> do you remember the day when it ended or, or just one day it just yeah, wasn't just happening? It, it wasn't happening anymore? Oh, okay. That's amazing because of this whole Me Too movement we're going through. It was the most... And then after that, they went to the little brochures and pamphlets that would advise you to tell you where all the creepy, weird stuff was in the city. So they would just leave that on the bar so people would like order a drink and then pick something up and look at it and it would just be like three guys on a three-way with each other just, it's just <laughs> having a lemon party right it was so they after the laptop they still went to the brochure porn for about two more years and then finally the boss came in and like all right enough with all this put this put the ugly shit away quit scaring people we're trying to run a business here that is so weird. That brings actually up another memory. When I, I, I've never, have you ever had a real job? No. I'm Same a, here. Yeah, no, well, yeah, two jobs in 10 weeks. I, I came close to a real job. I was in ship, shipping and receiving at Xerox up there in Rochester as a temp to hire. That's nice. Uh, but besides that, then I worked in a video store once. I had, I sold long distance for six weeks and then uh, I worked in a no I hadn't done anything in 33 years yeah so, I mean I was a caddy and then I, I worked in this video store when when you know the the VCRs and the VHS tapes first started when you know and um, my fraternity was up the hill it was it was at my college I was trying to make some extra money they would come in and just take the VCRs we only had three to rent out and they would take them and, and put them up in the fraternity house for you know a week at a time and my my the owner of the video store is like why aren't you renting out these VCRs <laughs> well I, I had work when I was young when I, I did I, I worked for the city of Oxford where I'm from so we cut the grass in the middle of the highway and picked up trash in the, in the median. And we we, we, rolled, we built a nine-hole golf course. We, we, we laid the greens. and uh, But not since. And then when I was in college, I worked for the intramural department. My job was I was an intramural supervisor. Ooh. So all I had to do, I had my own golf cart. And whatever, in the, in the fall and in the spring, in the fall it was football. In the spring it was softball. During the winter it was basketball. So I just rode around on my golf cart, and I'd show up, and I'm like, are y'all the Kappa Six? Are you the Lambda Kais? Here's your ball. Here's your referee, blah, blah, blah. And then I would uh, roll on to the next field. That's not a bad job. It was amazing. When I worked in the video store, too, um, I was a hero, you know, for Geneseo. That's where I was at the time because that was the only way you could get porn. Oh, really? So, and, and once again, though, the fraternity brothers would come in and just wipe out the porn or decide to put one on and hang out with me while I was working. <laughs> but I would put the porn on and we'd hang out, whatever, because that was the only way you could really see porn at the time. And then we would begrudgingly have to turn it off when a mom came in with a little kid to rent a Disney movie. Well, you know, that's 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 life in the big city. That's how it works when you're rocking it at SUNY Geneseo. And the owner of the place, he was so annoyed that he had to come from Syracuse, which really isn't that far. I'm trying to remember, maybe like two hour ride. He was so annoyed that it had he had to come to come from Syracuse to Geneseo to fire my ass. Oh, really? He so that that was his only beef was that he had to drive. He couldn't do it over the phone. He had to drive two hours to tell you to stop it with the shenanigans. I don't remember all the details, but I remember specifically that absolutely he drove all the way to, from Syracuse to fire me, and he made sure he told me how pissed off he was that he had to drive in to fire me. And the uh, the reason was that his numbers were dramatically lower. <laughs> because y'all were grifting. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the fraternity brothers were taking the VCRs and wiping out the porno. Because, you know, that, that was uh, big business back then for those video stores. I remember that was the first time I saw porn was when I was in college, I think. And some, some girlfriends of mine actually had a neighbor that found something and we all sat around and nobody, it was just more weird than anything. It was old 70s porn, you know, 80s, 70s porn. Got you beat, actually. When we were in high school, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think people will relate to it. Because now you say you do this, people go, "This that just simply doesn't make sense." So I'm trying to I'm trying to set this up and defend myself before I say what I'm about to say. But on Long Island, there was a Bayshore movie theater that showed porn. Ah, the old school. And so me and my buddies in high school would go, right, "Hey, you want to go to the Bayshore movie theater?" We would all, you know, pick up everybody, get a, a couple six-packs of cheap beer, liquor up a little bit, and then we'd go into the creepy theater to watch porn. That's how I, I first saw porn. Uh, we This happened also when I was in college. We, it was on Saturday night at 12.30, midnight, you know, way after. And my friends and I tried this a couple of times, but then the weirdos in there, like, masturbating and stuff scared us so bad we quit going. We went in there like seven or eight regular people, and there was just three old creepy dudes with the long over. Coat on some, and we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> we definitely, we definitely felt all that, uh, and it was just, it was just weird. But I'm talking in the '80s, man. It made sense at the time that this is what you did to, you know, because you didn't want to go in the the porn theater by yourself because you literally felt like you would be assaulted. Well, that's where we had the. Now we had the drive-in in my town when I was growing up. No, no, yes. no. And they would put it, again, only on after midnight, and we all knew in high school where to park our cars up on the side of the hill. Where you don't need the volume. No, no. <laughs> is that really true? That's totally true. This is also, and Ron White told me, remember his story, where he had the same thing in his neighborhood, and the dude called him. And they were, remember his mom told this story on our show, because they were running, the dude caught them, and they were running, and Ron's friend was skinnier than he was, and he dove under the fence and crawled out, and Ron's fat ass got caught on the fence. <laughs> and so they got him, so they had to call his mom to come pick him up. And Miss Barbara told this to her, she's like, bless his heart. He was just so, he was like a little hog under that wire and couldn't get out. <laughs> totally good. I, I'm jealous of these kids today because, you know, you just turn on your phone and there's the porn. We've really had to search it out oh you had to work well these guys and a lot of comics i've heard and they have really good jokes on this where the premise is that you know we're an accessible generation for click click anything gross or weird you want to see is available to anyone on their phone and so now when these teenagers start having sex with somebody if they go to straight porn mode they look like weirdos you know, we were just making out and trying to grab a boob or something. They're they're doing chirping bird and whatever <laughs> kind of odd. People don't even know what's. You're like, we're 18, dude. What's going on? <laughs> That's funny. My move when I was growing up was I had a paper route for a little while, and then one day I saw like um, like old yeah. magazines and newspapers are all tied up in bundles. And I was thinking to myself, man, there must be, I think I was officially looking for any type of magazine, you know, for free, because uh, I, I grew up pretty poor. And I would, I would take some of these bundles with me to the woods, and I would, you know, cut the twine off it and see what I got. It was almost like a, a storage wars. Grab yeah. bag, right. Like, yeah, totally. It's yeah. $5, whatever you get in the bags, whatever you get, right. 
And uh, one day I hit the jackpot. Some dude was throwing away all his porn magazines. I went, holy shit. And then it became my full-time job to try to find more of this. <laughs> That's well, right. We were, I still remember the dude in my neighborhood who used to do this. And he didn't know. We all laughed because we were talking about, because this was basically Playboy, Penthouse. That was basically it. Swank, maybe, or something gross. But we, you know, OUI. Uh, yeah, sure. And we had the dude that was doing what you were doing in our neighborhood. He went, we were talking about all the titty books that we liked and he's like and somebody said you know we is pretty good and he goes oh if it's as good as O-U-I <laughs> he didn't know that O-U-I was pronounced we <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot Danny Capone I still love him he's a good man <laughs> I love that I still love him <laughs> he's lived across the street from me forever totally good dude I'm uh, a little distracted because my GPS is just uh, in a tizzy now which way do we go how do we get downtown from here now? You got to go on the FDR south. Uh, I, know, I think you. I used to think you could get on right up here, so I'm not sure. But it says dead end. So. It does say dead end. No, it's telling you to go to the Harlem River Drive, which is north. What the hell? All right, I'm going to pause this because we got to figure out where we're going. Uh, we're in a lot of traffic in New York City as we head down to Greenwich Village to interview the record company. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back, man. Stay where you are. The Westwood One Podcast Network. The Raven Effect. Whenever I would try a new move, I would just test it live and let it blow up in my face when I did it all wrong. I was doing a springboard in Portland Wrestling. I was going to clothesline Rex King in the back of the head. The plastic tubing spun, and I took a face plant. So there was about a second or two of nothing happening, and then I just ankle pick him. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Network. Driving. Podcasting. Check one, two. Is this thing on? Talking porn. Opie Radio. What the fuck? The Opie Radio Podcast. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm confused. No, I make fun. And Vic, one other thing about getting porn when we were a lot younger, unlike these kids that just get it on their phone, I had a stationery store and I would go in there. I would slowly but surely make my way to the magazine section, trying to be cool, like I'm just looking around. <laughs> just right, browsing. Browsing, but I would start at the baseball cards and where the candy was. And then the magazine section, because they, they sold porn, was sort of in the back. So I think it was pretty obvious to the, the, the person that owned the stationery store that if a kid my age, I'm talking 13, 12, 13, was back there, they're, they're trying to look at porn. Whitney, Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy, he used to have, he had some great jokes because he, when they would uh, put them in plastic and you had to buy like five magazines at one time and the front one would always be in black and white and that always aggravated him when he was a teenager. He's like, I'm trying to buy my spank pack is what he called it. <laughs> and he's like, you put the one with the colored pictures on the front, you don't put the black and white. <laughs> or you know somebody's really, really desperate if they buy the spank pack with the black and white on the front. <laughs> I was laughing. Now you missed a turn. I was laughing so hard I just missed our turn. So that gives us more time to talk, I guess. Now, how the hell am I going to get over there? I don't know, but this policeman looks like they may help us. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. I don't know if this man or a woman. I think it's a dude. It's a dude. Yeah, doesn't matter these days. I don't even think you could acknowledge gender. No, but it's. I mean, how horrible is this job? This is the worst job ever. Seriously, standing here at 2 in the afternoon on the Upper East Side in Manhattan 
trying to it's not even rush hour yet and there's two of them look that's crazy and they they have no hearts they they hire a kind to be these traffic cops i like the guy look at the shirtless man crossing the street over here here's a new york city moment right there running shirtless run forrest run (laughs) he's got his earbuds in he didn't hear you (laughs) he laughed the cop laughed (laughs) hey can can i need to take a left though Oh, no! We love the story! He told me! I made him laugh! I made him laugh! Thanks, man! Thank you, brother! We will now! I know I'm blocking, but he told me I could go! Wait, that's you. This is really awesome, though. That's a good New York City moment we just had right there. You made him laugh with the run forest run, and now we're making an illegal left turn from the right-hand lane going across five orange cones. Here we go. We're on. We're in. Done. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, my God. He just let us cut in front of 20 cars. We literally would have had a, a sit-through probably five lights. We would have had to go down to the 50s. We would have not. No. You made the dude laugh. The power of comedy, Mr. Greg Hughes. <laughs> yeah. For people that like New York City, we're on the FDR and we're driving under the 59th Street Bridge. Or the Feeling Groovy song, Simon and Garfunkel. Or the intro to Taxi. Absolutely. Yes. Bob James played that theme song. I think. Oh, Christ, you and your music knowledge. <laughs> I'm going to close your window. I'm sorry, but I want to. I don't know if. Uh, oh, now it's really quiet in here. Ooh, now it's very intimate. I'm glad that you started driving yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> all those drivers you had all those years were just depressed. <laughs> you were mean to them. I wasn't mean. <laughs> Man, come on. I'm making all this up. You never. I'm, no, I'm completely making all this stuff up. As far as I know, you've always driven yourself. I need your help. I'm actually trying to show people uh, what kind of person I really am. You can be regular. <laughs> can be. Sometimes, you know. I tell everybody, you know, he sometimes lets me come out to Long Island and feed the swans. Because <laughs> you've got a whole herd of them. I don't think it's called a herd. It's a gaggle of geese. Yeah, let's go with a gaggle. I have geese. Now I have geese. Okay. And I had a million drivers. I had Club Soda Kenny, who was great to me. Um, oh, so the stationary story. So then I would kind of make my way to the magazines, and then I would watch the mirrors in the store, and then I would I would pick my moment, and I would go for it. It was the only shoplifting I ever did. Ooh, I used to only steal music. I used to steal 45s. Really? Yeah, one of my, my friends and I one time, there was three of us, and we stole the entire, at JCPenney, they put the top 30, and we stole 90 45s. We stole the entire top 30 for all three of us. 90 records. My mom came home that day and goes, where'd you get all this? I'm like, I've been saving, I've been cutting grass. And she's like, you ain't been cutting grass. I go, I got a paper. You don't have a paper route. <laughs> she let you uh, get away with though, obviously. I, we, it was the old kind of, you know, yeah, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. It just turned into, we were dirt poor as you were growing up. So to, somehow, somehow maybe that was uh, showing a little initiative. <laughs> I stole what I wanted and didn't hurt anybody. Very nice. And then I would uh, then I would run for it. I would grab the magazine and run for it, and then I would pretty much bury it in the woods behind my house out there uh, on Long Island. Everybody, my friends used to do that. They always had their stash hidden in the woods for some reason. You can't bring it in the house. But it's going to get rained on or, you know, 
messed up somehow. No, man, you're a rookie. You got to put in uh, all sorts of plastic, not just one plastic bag. You got to use multiple plastic bags. I do remember, though, <laughs> that some nights I wanted some alone time, and I would. Ch- it would be a whole thing how to get the magazine and from the woods into my bedroom for the night. Oh, wow. I don't even... It was like date night. Yeah, my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I remember my younger brother, Brett. Now, Brett was like... He's six years younger than me, and I remember he was so on to me. He's like, what are you doing in the woods? Why are you so suspicious? What the hell's going on? I, I never let on, but I, I, I know to this day that he was he was on to me. And then I would get it into, into my... Uh, yeah, into my bedroom. My brother is so much older than me my aunt got him a playboy calendar so when he's so he's like 17 he for his 16th birthday he wanted a playboy calendar my mom allowed this because it's the 60s so it's just boob shots mainly but i'm a kid i'm 12 years i'm roaming around the house and oh i i couldn't get in his room enough (laughs) i was sitting in there like seven or eight years old going i don't know why this is exciting for me but this is really really good so then my middle brother, Mike, got the same thing. Everybody got the Playboy calendar when they turned 16. I took mine to school and put it in my locker and got in trouble. Everybody was hanging at my locker. Now if you get caught with something like that in school, they're going to kick you out. You're done. Oh, you'd certainly be, yeah, you'd be removed. I, they just took my calendar. Nothing happened. I didn't even get suspended. Nothing happened. Just take it down, uh, stop hanging out at Henley's locker. By the way, this is much better than stupid Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee. We're having a real conversation, not something that is spliced to death for 12 stupid minutes. I've, well, you know. Sorry, I, I, I don't want to, like, you know, ruin it for you by, by trashing see, Jerry no, Seinfeld. No, no, he used to have, I used to, I always tease Jerry Seinfeld because when I was married to Robin Williams, she was really hot, and he always tried to have sex with her. And so I'd be, I'd be in many a night doing spots around the city. I'm like, hey, fucker, I'm standing right here. Wait, you were married and he didn't give a fuck? Uh, we, we were dating, and uh, we were dating, and he didn't care. And then years later, when we were married and lived in L.A., I ran into him in L.A. He walks up to her at the improv and starts doing it again. And I'm like, hey, we're married, dick. <laughs> so, oh, I love your honesty. I love it, Vic. He didn't care. He was he was like, oh, well, Vic, you know. <laughs> I believe that a man should wake up in the morning and <laughs> whatever. But I was like, dude, seriously. But she was that good looking. <laughs> so, and, uh, yes, Robin Williams is a female. You've explained that over the years. I am a comic and I'm married. My first wife's name is Robin Williams. We were together for 11 years. That's pretty cool. All right, now, huh? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's not pretty cool for you, but hearing that you're a comic and you met, yeah, I guess you're right. What am I trying to make something out of that? It's just stupid. Well, I told the original Robert Williams that when I first met him at the cellar one night. We were sitting there, and I go, hey, you know, I married somebody. She's from Houston. Her name's Robin Williams. He kind of, he kind of laughed a little bit. And I go, that ain't the funny part. And he goes, what's the funny part? I go, she's hairier than you. <laughs> was she really? Oh God, full on Kaepernick out of the butthole. A full on Kaepernick Afro wig out of the butthole. What, what nationality? I, uh, I, some Filipino and uh, and white. So Texas. Dad was Filipino. And uh, his mother married an American serviceman, so she was one quarter Filipino. But I don't think that had anything to do with the Harry. They're not Harry people, as far as I know. But I, I, I don't know, Vic. <laughs> I 
just know. I know that I get to tell this because it cost me $83,000. <laughs> so let me have this moment. I will be mean and name call and say you have a hairy bunghole because I paid you $83,000. I got to tell, tell the people something about Vic Kenley. I've done radio with him for a bunch of years at this point. He's never called me to say, could you edit that out? <laughs> no, I'll, and why would I? Slash the- no, I, I don't blame the people that do over the years call me and go, ah, oh, bro, I was feeling it, but now I'm ha- I'm having second doubts. Could you take this out or do this for me? Which kills me every time because I know it's the good stuff, but whatever. But you have never told me to take anything out of uh, the radio show, the podcast, nothing. I don't care because it's funny, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Nah, there's some laughs here for sure. <laughs> For sure. Speaking of um, Harry, I, I lost my virginity to a girl that had a very rare uh, birth defect, and she had what I can only describe as uh, the almost like a, I, I guess you can't call it a mane, but it was it was thick hair, thick hair, not a little hair, not like peach fuzz that you, you know a lot of the women have, but it was thick, dark hair that went the length of her spine. Oh, my God. See, that would be... that. I just kind of want to pet her all day long. <laughs> she was beautiful. I'm sure you did, right? She was beautiful, big blue eyes. But, man, it turned me off uh, to doggy style for a while. I had one that was crazy about me in high school, and she had a full-on mustache. I mean, it was a Billy D. Williams. But she was smoking hot. She was a cheerleader from a crosstown school, and all my friends, and I, I wouldn't go out with her. She, she was crazy about me, and all my friends are going, dude, ignore the mustache. Just ignore it. I'm like, it's a full-on Colt 45 <laughs> Billy D. <laughs> was it really that bad? It was pretty, you know, it was pretty bad. And then, um, and then I, then I, yeah, they all said, no, no, you got to overcome this. You got to overcome this, and so I did. That's tough to overcome, I think. Did you, like, hint that she should wax it or anything? No, I never brought... You know, I, I my only out was her... Uh, her mom brought up some stuff about my family. And so I probably was getting ready to break up with her anyway. And then I went to pick her up one night, and it was the, the mom... The mom was the old 800-pound uh, woman that's married to the man that weighs 90. You know, they're the number 10 when they're standing <laughs> together. And I was waiting... Chubby chaser. And she was late, and... Uh, and her mom said something about some stuff that was going on around town with my family. And I went, oh, uh, bye. <laughs> I go, tell her, uh, tell her I said, you're a fat piece of shit, and uh, I'm never going out with her again, and she should fucking wax that mustache. <laughs> oh, no, a parting shot. And I walked out the door, yes. Her dad owned the Harley Davidson dealership. Oh, you got balls. <laughs> in our town, right. You got balls. Well, I thought he was, hey, I could have broke him in half, and I'm not a badass. Yeah, but what about his friends? Yeah, I didn't think about that. No. Bikers don't play, man. Now, when you're 17, you're not thinking clearly. But That is true. I think we're almost uh, where we need to be. We're on Houston. Yeah, we're actually really close. So why don't we do this? Good place to stop. I'm with Vic Henley. I'm in my car. And uh, we're going to be talking to the record company, a great band, in just a bit. So I want you to stay there. I also want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you're listening to this another way, that's okay. But I'd appreciate it if you subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a review. Give us a nice five-star review. That really, really, really helps us out as we try to build this thing. All right, more with Vic Henley, and we talk to the record company next. While Opie and Vic Henley look for a free parking space, I'm here to give you a little sneak peek of our next episode with Chris Voss of The Record Company. 
By the way, the great chef Carl will join us for that as well. But before we go to the preview, I also want to remind you to share this podcast with a friend. Rate it five stars at Apple Podcasts or just keep moving along. In fact, you can write a negative review if you're so inclined to do so. But please, five stars only. And since Opie's giving you this podcast for free, do him a solid and go to opiradio.com and buy one of his shirts or a hat. I see there's a clearance sale going on right now. And let's face it, it's his only source of income. But don't tell him I was begging on his behalf. We don't want to hurt Opie's feelings. He's already done enough of that to himself. Working for free is a humbling situation. Ask Chef Carl, Sherrod, or Vic. The fact is, I'm the only one working on this podcast who's making an actual living. So here's a few minutes of our next episode. We'll put out the full version as soon as my next check clears. All right. First of all, I want to say I'm going to cry because I'm in a real studio for the first time in (laughs) almost a year, Vic Henley and, and Carl. How does this feel? To be in a real studio. Feels like we have like a real job like we used to before you messed everything up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, well, I'm laughing. Before no someone decided to illegally film in the bathroom, like everyone knows in America you're not allowed to do. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now this feels like actually something creative might be happening. It, it's pretty, well, well, we'll, we'll have to wait no, and see I, on that. Chris has got to carry us. I ain't carrying nothing. Yeah. You want to tell you right now. <laughs> uh, we got to say hi to Chris Voss from the record company. One of my favorites. I'm telling you, one of my favorites people in in uh, the music business oh, man, and one of my you. favorite bands out there right now and uh, we're thrilled to be here to talk to Chris Voss um, I was thrilled to have your people reach out to me and go whoa Ope's back he's doing a podcast uh, the guys want to you know come on and say hi yeah man well you you've been a supporter of us uh, right from the get-go so you know that that means a lot to me man I'm old school I come from Wisconsin farm family you yeah. know we 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 appreciate that shit and so. you don't forget Hell no. I'm also half Italian. We don't forget. Then no kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> how many, hey, hey, Carl, how many people forgot over the years? Uh, <laughs> I was keeping a tally, everybody. <laughs> I think you're the Except only one. Yes, I think Just you're the only one. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Chris is the only one. <laughs> you're the only one. You sure you want to do this? I want to do this. I'm starting <laughs> to think it might be me. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Uh, and uh, I was telling Vic the story in the car. We actually, this is how sad my life is, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. We were podcasting in my car on the way down for this interview. Oh, man. And, and I was telling the story that uh, you reached out to me or your people about uh, Rita Mae Young, the yes. video. You guys did a special video for that song, and your your guys said, hey, man, they want you to release it on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I man. never forgot that. Oh, that was amazing that you did that for yeah. us. We appreciated that. And, and it was the Hula Hoop Girl. Yes, uh, Katie Sunshine, right. man. Best hooper in the world, man. She's unbelievable. Wait, you know how we got her on a video? Uh-uh. She um, tagged herself on Instagram. We were talking about like, okay, we got to do a video. And she tagged herself doing this hula hoop thing. And I was like, we're driving. And the guys are like, what should we do for this video? And I like turned the phone around. I'm like, just let her film the video. That would be better than anything we can do. She's so good. And we just called her up. We're like, hey. Yeah. No, we, nah, I, mean, I guess you didn't call her up, but you shoot her a line on the thing. Sure. Like, hey, you know, you like the song? Yeah, I like the song. You want to do the video for a song? Sure. So we saw a, sent a guy down there. She picked out a spot right in front of her like favorite lake in Arkansas, and she hooped it up. She looked amazing. Oh, was, so sexy. She's such a... Uh, my ma. My ma's like, oh, she's very talented. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. Because like, it's she, sexy. It's not... Slutty. It's Not sexy. It's yeah, completely it's amazingly, yes. It's Look, really, it's really talented. I understand there's some talented person, but it, 
the sexiness doesn't it, hurt. It's super sexy. Well, the, I don't know what's better, the song or the girl. Right. I, would, I would go with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> OB Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, leave comments, and of course, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.